Skin and Blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Hello and welcome to Skin and Blister Pod. Today we have a very exciting guest on, guys. Uh, Avalyn is my childhood bestie. Um, She's in my class and Sarah and I grew up with her in both England and uh, New York. So it's really exciting to have her here. Hi, Avi. Hey, Cal. Hi, Saz. Nice to have you on. So So exciting. (laughs) Can you tell us where you live and what you've been up to this summer, what, what you do? Yeah, um, so I am living in Vermont, actually just completed one year as of like four days ago um, in Vermont after seven years in Brooklyn. So it was a really cool change for me and one that was kind of like long anticipated. Um, Nice. Yeah, my husband and I have been saying forever you know like we're gonna we're gonna have a garden we need some space like, <laughs> so this this dream. spring and summer yeah this has been my first um year where i have a garden of my own obviously we did a lot of gardening when we were kids mm-hmm. um you guys can attest to that and i i'm sure <laughs> i swore i would never have a bean patch again but i'm growing beans this year <laughs> the beans the rows of beans. The I kept my rows very small. I have three rows of beans. Do you remember <laughs> those rows like down Endless. in the valley that you couldn't even see the end of them? Yeah. Have you put um, the bean leaves in the bottom of your five bucket. gallon bucket and then the beans <laughs> on top? Luckily, nobody's checking how yeah. much I'm picking. <laughs> that calls for some group shaming right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely put mine. Got it. I still, for context, guys, uh, we had this garden with very long bean bean rows that we had to pick. And you had to pick a quota, like you had to fill a five-gallon bucket. And so we all picked and filled the five-gallon buckets. And then they were all sitting there. And when they went to dump them into the big bin, they found out there was like there was uh, one with a bunch of leaves in the bottom of it. So (laughs) they had cheated. Um, and no one knew who had done it, so they had to group shame us to try to figure <laughs> out who it was. <laughs> I don't, did anyone confess? I don't know, but what a way to game the system. Yeah, seriously, very clever. I don't think anyone ever confessed, but I think I know who it was. Oh, yeah. Do you have a theory? <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you want to name and shame? Like, was that, is that too no. much? <laughs> Well, it's someone I don't want to name and shame. Okay, I think it, I think it was a, someone whose name last name started with a W because they were very smart and good at gaming the system. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless it was you. But, well, you know, I uh, I would usually just stop at fluffing up the beans a little. I always fluffed them. If you go in and fluff them, it makes it look so much more full. These are like, this is like life knowledge. Everyone needs to be taking notes about fluffing From our sharecropper past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From our child right. labor past. What else is growing in your garden? Um, um, well, so it's very experimental because like I said, I haven't had a garden of my own um, before. So I have peas. They're just flowering right now, all growing along the back of the fence. I've got... Um, 
four different varieties of tomatoes. I've got hot peppers. I have jalapenos. I have some lettuce, but the lettuce has bolted. So I, oh, yeah. I managed to get a couple weeks of salads out of it. I think my last one today, probably. Nice. Yeah. What do you do with the bolted? Do you well, just compost, just compost it? it? Yeah, because yeah. it just tastes pretty bitter after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have Swiss chard, which I'll be eating all summer, which I love. Yum. I love that. And I'll have a lot of edible um, flowers because I love making my salads really pretty. So I have... Oh, do you have nasturtiums? I do. I have tons of nasturtiums. I have calendula. I have borage. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, whenever I go out and harvest for a salad, I get tons of fresh herbs and just chop them up into it too. So I have a lot of dill that I didn't plant. They just came up in there. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And so I'm harvesting dill like crazy and then, you know, basil, mint, parsley. And uh, what is it that the British people call? Oh, yeah. Coriander. Coriander and basil. Yeah. Oregano. Tomato. Do you have any oregano? (laughs) Wait, do you Um, call it? I do have oregano. Do you call it oregano, Sarah, or oregano? Oregano, I think. Oh, that sounds so uncomfortable. Italians call it oregano. Yeah, we call it oregano. Oregano. Yeah, okay. You know, do you have any courgette? Um, So I'm trying to grow them, yes, but um, I only have male flowers so far. Oh, interesting. I don't know what's going on there. Well, the the female flowers just haven't bloomed, so I'm not sure if they're going to bloom concurrently and and pollinate or what's going to happen. Are they like hermaphrod? Do they both, do the male and female grow in the same plant? Yes, but then okay. only the female flowers produce the fruit. And Sarah, can you say what courgettes are? Well, I'm I'm quite shocked by this information. How do you tell if they're female? The Tiny, flowers look like... completely different. The male flowers are really big and showy. Oh, um, <laughs> <and the laughs> correlates with have life. Little, have little booths. <laughs> <laughs> The female flowers are, are, I haven't seen any of them open yet, so I'm not really sure, but they're smaller and they have almost like a mini um, zucchini on one end already. So you can tell that they're going to develop into a zucchini. Oh, wow. Or at least you hope that they will. Yeah. Um, Do they, I remember learning about like pistons and pistols, pistols and stamens. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a pistol in one and then a stamen in the other. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm, I haven't seen a lot of um, bees in my garden, so I guess I have to hope that the cucumber beetles will pollinate because there's surely are plenty of those. Yeah. Eating all the Or leaves. maybe you could take a little brush and brush the... Yeah, pollen. I might have to do that. I already put some of the male flowers in the fridge because I'm worried that they'll be done blooming before the female ones even open. Oh, wow. This is so yeah. interesting. I don't I really always... know what I'm doing either. I have to look up advice and constantly like it's, it's, it's an adventure. It's, it's this interesting thing. Cause I know we grew up like growing all our own vegetables and the kids did all of it. But for me too, like, I guess as kids, like we just did what we were told with it and we didn't really know like the science behind what we were doing um, as much. So like when I try to grow stuff now, I don't really know like how to make it thrive because I always just did like what they told me to do. 
Yeah, we came in uh, and provided the labor, but we didn't really acquire the expertise. And I yeah. realized that until I started on this, because I was like, oh, I've been gardening my whole life. Like, what, you know, of yeah. course I do this. Saz, what do you have to add from London? Well, I was just thinking I'm good at turning compost piles oh, and, yeah. and picking beans, but I, yeah, it doesn't go much further skill-wise. Um, what can I, oh, you know what I can add? I got some rhubarb in my veg box, mm. which is quite strange because, um, oh, I get this organic veg box every week, Abby. It's, it's quite like, um, it's the bougiest thing I do by quite a long <laughs> shot. um but i don't know what to do with the rhubarb because i haven't seen rhubarb Rhubarb yum rhubarb crisp rhubarb apple crisp i've been harvesting my rhubarb all spring and that's what i do or you can make it into a that's um, what you do oh like kind of a uh syrupy jam don't let it set oh yeah put it over vanilla ice cream that's always (gasps) yum oh my goodness serve it hot as a sauce over ice cream I love a rhubarb crisp. That is so good. You definitely have to put apples in, don't you, though? Because it's so sour on its own. Yes, and plenty of And sugar, sugar. Mm-hmm. yeah. Loads of brown sugar as well. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm sorted. <laughs> Ooh, phew. I mixed. Send pictures. Send pictures. Um, I also wanted to, Avi, I've got, um, do you know Matt was living like two minutes away from me during the uh, pandemic. Yeah, I heard you guys went for lots of jogs together. Or maybe it was more intense than a yeah. jog. I'm just the, the jog person. You guys are runners. So Matt is Abby's well, no. brother who lives in London. Yeah, and is the same age as me. And yeah. Abby and Kelda are the same age. So yeah. we've grown up together kind of in the same classes. Um, but right now, because he's moved further away, but now we just send each other like our run times. And <laughs> so far, he's like in the lead, which I'm quite angry about. But I'm, I feel like this week I'm going to beat him. So get moving. watch his space. Fuel yourself yeah. with some rhubarb crisp and go. Yeah. You yeah. guys, I think of you as quite mad. I've always hated running. I don't know how Me you too. do it. I find it just so numbingly boring. Actually, almost all exercise I find really boring. It's boring and jarring. Yeah, it's hard on your joints. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, um, the competition is very helpful because Mm -hmm. I would not be sprinting because, so we've both got, I think the last one was 26. This will mean nothing to most of our listeners, but 26 minutes for five kilometers, um, which is like three point two miles that um, feels really good to me that that's good. the one i have to beat and yeah that's like a for me that is like a full-on sprint around the park so wow i gotta do it i gotta do it this week but yeah that's uh i i'm very lucky to get a bit of mattis in my life as well <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great because i know you guys see each other sometimes well we um, do have a um maybe like every other week a family family meeting um mm-hmm. where we'll oh cool get together and uh play Fortnite and just chat on discord together that's, that's our, so fun family connection that's yeah a clever idea that is yeah if only we liked video games 
Well, this is more about the chat than the game. The game is just a yeah. vehicle and it's makes for some good teamwork and, you know, back into our familiar dynamic, bully the youngest. You know. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's Very what good. we do at Saz <laughs> when Greg and I are on here. Actually, that is not true. You, Saz, you and Greg really like to bully me, I think. It goes always. It goes all directions. <laughs> Um, but Av, you're, you had most of your siblings leave the commune. Yeah, right? there's four out of five of us out here. That's really cool. Um, so do you want to tell us a bit about like your journey with that and journey? Oh my gosh. Um, just so cringe. People that say journey the other day. Anyway. Um, uh, hello, yeah. here I am. <laughs> Wait, we think of that as an American thing. Is that an American thing? The journey I thing? I think it's like, um, I, I just loved that, the, that expression in with people that are like, Oh, my tribe and my journey. And, um, you know, oh, anything no. can be your, your journey. It's like uh, yoga moms or whatever. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> have you found your tribe, Kelda? I have. <laughs> At my gym. I love my gym. Uh, I'm such a yoga mom. Except I don't do yoga. That. But, <laughs> yeah. That's um, yeah, actually, well... It's great timing for that question for me because, uh, what was it? What's today's date? Um, yeah. So two days ago was my 14 year, um, leave anniversary. Oh, wow. That's yeah. long. That's I know. Wild. And I haven't really counted mm-hmm. it up in many years. And so I was kind of like sitting there trying to do math on my fingers as one does. Mm-hmm. And was kind of just boggled to realize it's been 14 years that is crazy. So you've been gone longer than both me and Saz. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? Summer of 2008? Eight? No, no, nine. Oh, 2009, yeah. 2009, yeah. And I left summer of 2010. Yep. So I was three days after I graduated from high school. I was uh, on a plane to a new existence. That's crazy. Where did you go to? Um, I lived in North Carolina. Um, I don't really want to dwell on the, okay. the first years too much. Um, you, you guys may have had a similar experience in that the the uh, the landing into the world is difficult to look back on because it's so full of like moments of absolute cringe. Yes, I was just going <laughs> to say that. It's the most cringy thing ever. Yeah. Wait, if you want, uh, if it's not triggering and like we can think of maybe some of the funnier ones, if there are any funny ones, we could tell them. I just, I mean, if that's I mean, you, fun, you go if ahead not, and feel free. But... You know, you're not ready for that level of disclosure. I like to just draw, draw a veil over to... the whole ordeal. <laughs> I used to go clubbing in um, trainers, which weirdly is in style now, and with a backpack because I used to go to volleyball and then straight out clubbing. Um, So, yeah, that was like my probably cringiest dress moment. I'm so jealous that that's the cringe for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's like the lighthearted one. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I remember um, I didn't know, like, fashion-wise, I had no idea what to do. So the primary place that I shopped for all my clothes was Wet Seal in the mall. <laughs> and it was like, it was like blue and teal camo tank tops and booty shorts yes. was my modus operandum that was pretty pretty bad yeah picking clothes was very difficult for me it took me a long time to get confident in my choices Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I could actually find uh, items of clothing that would suit me yeah it's so hard to figure out what colors even work on me and I'm I still question that sometimes I feel like Mm -hmm. people have you know most people have been making those choices since they you know could pull their um you know princess tutu out of the drawer at three years old Mm -hmm. um and we didn't really have those choices at any point along the way and so uh yeah choice is so difficult when you first come out of there and even so hard what to order at a restaurant i i would often find myself just like paralyzed by having to make that those types of decisions for myself and i don't even say that as like a you know a blame thing but it was just another one of those those little pieces of the puzzle that made day day-to-day life really challenging then it's a weird thing to think about because it doesn't sound like that bad but when you're grocery shopping and it takes you like two hours to buy 10 items it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of wild that's what happened to me too I just could not choose anything so it it made things very socially awkward I guess Yes. And people would just be like, come on, just pick something. We're like, well, I, you know, like one, one um, time I was out with a family, I guess this is my, here's my cringe moment for my first year. (laughs) Um, And they were all, you know, choosing their food and we were having Italian, which I had no idea. I mean, every Mm -hmm. dish had the name of some mysterious pasta shape that I had no clue what it was and mm-hmm. ended up just going with baked ziti because the person that I was with said, well, that's like, who, who can hate baked ziti? Like that's mm-hmm. a simple choice. And I was like, when I received yeah. my dish and then I saw what everyone else had, I was like, this is so boring. Um, <laughs> I wish I had something like more interesting and decadent, like baked ziti. I feel like I've already had this combination a million times. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't even know what baked ziti is. <laughs> so good. It's like lasagna, but with uh, penne noodles, kind of, right? And uh, it's ziti. Okay. Ziti noodles, right? Oh, ziti. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. They're hollow. With, is, like, it like edges, one, is it like a massive penne? Is that, why do I think it's... No, it's small. That's, it ri- that's rigatoni you're thinking of, I think. Come on, you're the one dating a Sicilian. Well, this is what I'm imagining that it's actually. Oh, it kind yeah. Okay, it does look a bit like penne. Okay. Yeah, but, and then there was just like a little bit of uh, red sauce lightly on it, and some herbs and like some cheese baked on top. Some mm-hmm. cheese, yeah. It's like yeah. And it, it was it's fine, like but I wanted something decadent and interesting and rich. And mm-hmm. I ended up with that, you know, like I was. I'm I'm a big food person, and I think one of the one of the coolest things about my new my now 14 years of life out here has been like learning how to make food from different cuisines. Um, yes. And like really getting to, to, you know, invest, I guess, like skill points into um, 
things that I'm that I'm passionate about. Like, you know, now I make a lot of Korean food, for example. Oh, I love that. It's my favorite. Yeah, Saz makes kimchi. Do you do that? I have to do that. I would love to try that. I loved your little illustrated recipe. That was so cute. Oh, that was like a lockdown thing that I haven't done since. Yeah. (laughs) Or before that. Um, But I was thinking when you lived in Brooklyn, you must have had um, such an array of ingredients to pick from. Are you managing to find those in Vermont? Um, actually, it's much more challenging. And, um, you know, when I lived in Brooklyn, I could, I could like pop over to the H Mart for all my Asian ingredients or like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a Tibetan restaurant, a uh, 10 minute walk from us. And so I could get some components from them. And like, um, my, the area that I lived in was, I would say like a lot of, uh, like Russian, people that were uh, like ethnically Russian. Um, And so that you'd find a lot of those types of foods in that region and then go a tiny bit North and it would be all like Bangladeshi. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I had access to a ton of cool ingredients. And while here I have the, I'm sorry, Sarah, but the meat out here is amazing. Um, (laughs) She doesn't care. Okay. I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> uh, like, like even just the random, um, you know, like stew beef that I'll pick up at the mm. grocery store. It tastes so much better quality than any of the stuff that I got in New York. And I think it's just that there's fewer food miles on it and so on. And then oh, yeah. the fresh produce, the local cheese, the lo- really local, like, you know, pig that was born and raised on the mountain behind my house. Um, oh, that's cool. That kind of thing is amazing, but definitely, you know, you have to really search far and wide if you want uh, some of the more um, niche and exotic ingredients. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because you guys both um, lived in like the biggest cities in the world, you and Saz, and then I've just been in like the suburbs for my whole existence. <laughs> so I'm like a bit of a combination between like your two extremes of as far as like finding food and all that. Um, So are you like, are you loving the country life or? Um, Yeah, I am. I mean, there's a, there's a few things that I have to have fall into place. Like, you know, being able to drive um, will be huge for me. I will say I love my job here. I work as an art teacher at a middle school. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, and my, my colleagues are really amazing people. You know, you, it's always a gamble when you move into a new work environment, whether you'll get along mm-hmm. with people, um, and whether it's going to be a cultural fit, but I've found some very, really, really cool people. And I would say, you know, I'm building some close friendships as well. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm liking it so far. And um, how is the driving going? What, what level are you at? Because I'm learning to drive as well. So it's very, uh, I like to compare um, and contrast. Oh, look, yeah. you're both on the same journey. <laughs> wow, yeah. Sarah, you might be my tribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm um, definitely. Done. <laughs> my level is Go low, ahead, Abby. Sarah. My level is low. Low, okay because same same year <laughs> um i have i think i have some bad instincts when it comes to driving 
um, I, I can get very, uh, it's the social component, even though there is no social component necessarily, but I'm so worried about inconveniencing or offending another driver on the road that I can become paralyzed by choice. Um, and my husband will always say, you know, like, you're never going to see them again. Don't worry about it. Just do what's the safest, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously is, you know, great advice. But when I'm sitting there being like, did that guy just flip me off? What did I do? You know, um, <sighs> I, I, I find that that type of thing gives me a lot of anxiety when I'm on the road. And, you know, when you're at like a four way stop um, or somebody's waving you on when it's actually not your turn to go, uh, those those things really throw me. Interesting. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I like, um, learned to drive when I first kind of when I first moved out of the commune, because like I live in a place where you have to drive in order to get around. And it was really intense because I was basically just like teaching myself <laughs> and yeah. then and then so I don't even remember it's all like a blur for me but it was quite traumatic I remember it being like super stressful and then I had like an accident like really early on oh my goodness yeah and then I bought like then I just rode a a moped because it felt like I could I would I would get injured easily on that but like at least other people wouldn't (laughs) oh my goodness wow it's so self-sacrificing which is yeah. what we learned to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, Avi, I'm, I'm having exactly the same with the, like, um, not because here, and I, I'm, I imagine it's similar where you are. You have to at times be quite assertive with the, like, you kind of have to go for it sometimes just to kind of show the other driver where you're going. And yeah. I, I find that so hard. Um, and the my instructor will be like, no, you need to be more in the middle of the road so they know that you're like going through. And I'm like, this is this is too much for me. I can't. Uh, <laughs> it's just not in my nature. So I've actually just switched to a, a gentler driver, driving instructor. So um, I think they're like more courteous. So I think that's like more my style that I want to mm. learn. Oh, that makes um, sense. City yeah. driving has got to be a nightmare. Yeah, I couldn't learn while there's I lived in this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's Oof. a lot of um there's this thing called uh oh goodness, I call it meet cute. That's not the right <laughs> word. It's when there's basically no space for a, you know, for you to for two cars to pass. Mm-hmm, so one of mm-hmm. you has to wait on the side and then so I call it meet cute, but so that's like my way of enjoying it. And like, yeah, one of you has to wait and it like really depends basically who has enough assertiveness to go. I mean, there's like rules, but that seems like the actual um, implied rule. And then there's another one called creep and peep. Is this also <laughs> your word? <laughs> this one is actually your uh, word. <laughs> creep and peep. Wait, what kind of guy is this that's training you? No, this is like the official term. It's creep and peep. So when you're coming out of a junction, but there's no visibility, uh-huh, you uh-huh. need to go like super slow, obviously, and then like look either way. 
Did, I'd imagine. Creeping. Sounds I'd criminal. Have you learned creep and peep? I haven't learned creep and peep. That's such a British <laughs> term for it. And also, Saz, I imagine you have quite good experience with that already. Why? <laughs> the creeping and peeping. <laughs> I need to stop coming. That's not my term, but the meet cute one is. I need to stop with the, with the terms. well um yeah we're definitely a tribe on this learning to drive thing because it is not natural for me but i'm i'm keeping going (laughs) so av i want to hear what what you had to say about people who say tribe and journey oh i don't know (laughs) know you're putting me on the spot and no no do it Oh, I think I said about all I have to say about that. It was it was a disparaging stereotype, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I bring a, a better light to the type of person that says that <laughs> on yeah. my journey through I'm life. Um, I don't know. You but... know me. I'm very judgmental. That's just part of my part of my whole thing. <laughs> it's what I love about you. I love like I love a judgmental session. Yeah, you know, I was saying this to a coworker of mine the other day. I was like, "Oh, I really love so and so. They're so negative." And they're like, "Are you <laughs> so fun? Are you, are you being serious or facetious?" And I'm like, "No, I actually I enjoy negative people from time to time. Like you, somebody mm-hmm. who has that stringent mm-hmm. quality, I'll take that over toxic positivity any day. Like, go ahead, you know, lay it all out." Um, <laughs> Well, if they're like negative and funny, it's good. If they're not funny, then it's just like sad. I think. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll what about um, going from what, when you went from Brooklyn to Vermont? Did you notice a difference in that way of being, um, like maybe the negativity levels? And oh, sure. What was yeah. it? If, well, people are so nice up here. Like um, Nick and I went to a, um, not a yard sale, but like a, a rummage sale or something. Cause we're, <laughs> we're, we're furnishing our house out of a, like all used furniture. Cause we had to sell a lot of our stuff to move up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of building up the space piece by piece and it's, it's looking pretty nice right now. But anyway, beside the point. Ooh. So we went to this thing Ooh. to look for some furniture. And of course we have this little center. You can't fit a lot into it. Um, and this guy saw us trying to cram a little wardrobe into our car and just another person that was shopping there and came up and was like, Hey, you know, I have a truck ride over there. Do you want me to bring that to your house? Do you live close what? to That's um, so nice. Yeah. And this is not even the first time that people have just come up and offered like a helping hand. People are so neighborly up uh. here. If this had happened to me in Brooklyn, I would have been like, yeah, what's this creep? You know, like, get away from mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll call a, a taxi for this or something. Like, get me an Uber XL and get out of my business. Um, but here it was just, like, so genuine. And he just like, oh, yeah, you live right up there. I'll bring it up. He hauled it up in his truck. He wouldn't let us, like, pay him anything. Um, and off he went. And... I think that's like very um, illustrative of the the main difference that I see is uh, people don't have to be on their guard as much Mm -hmm. um, for their own personal physical safety, maybe. Um, And so they're they're Mm -hmm. just like more open and open handed and willing to make connections. 
Um, and that's, that's been cool. That's been like an education for me to kind of, um, unlearn the, the basic self-preservation stuff that I had to, you know, always be alert and on guard and, and skeptical of people for the last Mm -hmm. seven years. That's really cool. I love a small community, but then also the, there's (laughs) downsides, like, Certainly, it depends like on everyone knowing everything about you, <laughs> like overly positiveness from from Kaz. <laughs> As I feel like if you and and Saz were both on this podcast all the time, I'd be ripped to shreds. Be... Are you an overly positive? We do a person? good job. Yeah, I think I am. It's annoying to no. people. It's a recent development. Okay, that's never bothered me about no, you. So maybe I bring out the negative in you. I'd love that. No, you do, I think, which is fun. Because I love a good, like, bitch sesh with you. Yeah. <laughs> but the other no. day, like, Simon was feeling anxious about something. And I have to say, I was, I must have been so annoying. Because I was like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and he was like, shut up. Like... It's not, you can't just magically say that without planning. <laughs> well, one I thing I'm trying to teach myself through... to do... Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, Abby. Oh, I was just saying, uh, you know, one thing I've been trying to teach myself to do is um, when somebody has a, a anxiety or a complaint or a problem, it's like, do you want to vent about it? Mm-hmm. Or do you want me to think about solutions? And I have to actually pause and ask myself and then ask them that because, um, you know, we all want to smooth things over, but like Mm -hmm. sometimes you just want to vent, right? Oh, I love that. That is so good. I need to work on that. (laughs) I mean, like often there isn't a solution, so maybe all you can do is vent and that might, um, you know, might make the problem smaller for you. Make you feel better for sure. Um, Guys, my la- I'm so unprepared. My laptop is looking pretty low battery, so I'm going to run get the charger and let you guys talk. Okay. Uh, no I'll be right back. Sorry. Quickly run before we might... No, I You guys can't. have a chance to gossip right now. Okay, well, let's I was just going to say, I don't think either of us are that. I called a go. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't want to... She wants to know what we're going to say about her. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we are going to talk about you. No, I don't oh, think actually, either of us are negative, but... I. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm feeling very chatty today. No, it's just... It's hard because it's like the without the picture without the yeah. video but it's um it, it's it, it's actually working really well so um no I was just gonna say that what you said about Brooklyn is like really I can super relate to that because I feel like I I try and be just like I try and be kind like I try and practice that I guess but then so many times it kind of backfires mm-hmm. and I'm just like I need to just be careful. Like it, you just have to look out for yourself quite a lot of the time. And I guess it's like a big city thing. Yeah. Um, and it so can make you very cold. Definitely relate. Yeah. And like very kind of um, short almost with people, you know, like, no, I'm not going to help you. It's definitely worn <laughs> it's down my empathy. Sad. Well, you know, when you're going from place to place and you, 
know it's a very real possibility that like that could be a person sleeping on the bench or it could like be a body and like you don't want to be responsible you know like especially when i was nannying in brooklyn and i was like maybe that's somebody sleeping under the slide maybe it's a dead body i'm just gonna keep my kids away from that spot Uh um yeah like i i feel like the the constant you know having that stuff around you all the time can wear down your empathy and your humanity a little bit and i'm i'm looking forward to like I guess regaining some uh, some normalcy in my existence now, because that was normal for me for so long. That you know that that type of lifestyle can take a little bit of the humanity out of you for sure. Ah, uh, that's I came in in like a really heavy, body ridden <laughs> part, but um, that sounds like it's a really good change for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I really miss my people in Brooklyn for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're a, a vacation destination now. So yes, I can't wait to visit. Yes. I can I I just imagine Vermont is so beautiful. That's my perception of it. Sarah, it is so beautiful. It's so incredibly beautiful. Like just when I'm even when I'm on my drive to work, I feel like I'm on vacation. You know, there's moose crossing signs wow. in front of me, but I've never oh, seen cool. moose. What? Um yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, the landscape moose. is stunning. You wanted to talk about Av, the white lily thing. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Which, I, when I was listening speaking to Speaking of podcast, yard sales. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Um, when I was listening to your podcast in in May, where Simon was asking all those really insightful questions, um, I thought you guys did a great job of like covering the basics of um, and even delving a little bit into like the why behind how things operate there and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking like there are there's a few things that kind of illustrate. Um, and bring to life just how different of a way of living it is um, to help people wrap their their minds around it a little because it can be so difficult to conceptualize mm-hmm. um, living that way unless you can can uh, kind of sink your teeth into some anecdotes. So yeah, you guys talked about how periodically um, in the on the I'm going to say the community with like implied capitals. Yeah, I like um, that. Okay, that's what we called it as kids. Yeah, right. And the community. The community. <laughs> I, I and I know it's what my family prefers to hear. To me, it sounds more culty than just saying the commune or the compound or whatever. But you know, yeah, to eat me too. Own. <laughs> but, it so, like um, kind of implies like that they are the one, the yes, community city on the hill. Capital. Yeah. Um, so on the community, every once in a while, um, you would have a purge of your belongings because the simplicity and really simple lifestyle was the goal and you couldn't mm-hmm. accumulate things that would tie you to this world and differentiate you from your peers and et cetera, et cetera. Hashtag mammon. <laughs> <laughs> that evil thing. Which, um, and I was just thinking about one, one white lily in particular that has stayed with me. And it's actually given me a ton of guilt over the years. I felt really, really horrible about this. Mm. Um, even onto like now, you know, like decades down the road. But my grandparents joined the community 
and came to that lifestyle with, you know, all the things from their life and their, I don't know, six children or whatever. Um, and my grandmother passed on to my mother, this beautiful glass tea set of depression glass. It was a pale pink with cherry blossoms and it was a child tea set. So it was like a toy. Oh, wow. But it, but it was like this oh incredible goodness. glass with little cups and saucers and sugar, sugar and cream containers and, you know, absolutely beautiful, stunning piece that you wouldn't see anywhere else in the house. And my mom was the middle child and it became hers. And then I was the middle child and I received the glass tea set. Um, and then once upon a time, a white lily came through. That's what they would call it, right? When you... Mm-hmm. You have to purge all your belongings and make your home as pure and clean as a white lily or something. Yeah, yeah. Or it came from some story, some legend, I think, as well. Well, I think that was just a way yeah, to but... jazz it up and... Oh, probably. Yeah. And, like, jumpstart the frenzy yeah, or whatever. Something... Yeah. Yeah. True. Read the, the frenzy as a good to word for it. So you can already see where this is going. Obviously, I got rid of it. Oh, no, it's I'm really so sad. sad. I know. And I felt, you know, that was an heirloom. Really, it, it passed through multiple generations. It could have been something that I would pass on. But it is that thing is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I felt very emotional about it lately. And I actually Vermont is a big antiquing area tons and tons of depression glass all over in little antique stores and people's barns are just full of this stuff. So I started uh, kind of looking around and um, apparently this set was quite, quite a famous pink piece from the Jeanette glass factory. And I was wow. able to actually find a few pieces from that set and I bought them. Not obviously not the same exact. Oh, set, oh wow. but, okay. Yeah, so oh, I, good. in the last few months, I've like reclaimed this piece of myself that I, that's that I so threw away, cool. not really like knowing it's importance. Um, wow. Yeah, if I was on camera, that's I'd show you, but like... I have this gorgeous platter from that set now. Um, and a little cup and saucer. So there's, you know, a, little, there's a happy ending to this anecdote. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. That is so cool. You know, it's really weird, like how they... There was this whole thing about, like, your only identity could be as part of this organism, which was the community. And anything that kind of, you know, like, made you have your own identity, like, you know, for instance, the family heirloom was kind of frowned upon and we were told to get rid of it. Or in our case, it was like our friendship, like... Yeah, we were known as a clique, so we were told not to be as good friends because that's too individualistic, right? So, like, it's we just got this way really too silly. Yeah, yeah. Too we had too much joy. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, attest to that. It was <laughs> clique here, clique there, <laughs> clickety click. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like this really interesting thing where. It, and it, it's super damaging to not let um, kids have their own identity. Do you, like how do you how have you like dealt with that as an adult? Because I know it was like a really hard start for me, like not knowing at all what mine was. Sure. Well, one thing that took a lot of time for me was figuring out that my background didn't have to be my identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you know that I didn't necessarily have to share that aspect of myself with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I, when I finally came around to that, that was cool because I can, I can, you know, for the most part you can pass, although obviously job Brown, there's, um, (laughs) job Brown, (laughs) there's, there's things that come out and might betray that you're a little different, but, um, you know, once, once you can pass, you can construct your own identity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I haven't, I haven't been to, I think like, you know, deliberate about it necessarily. I've just been enjoying that, um, that freedom to choose from moment to moment, you know, mm-hmm. what, what I want to work on, you know, what concepts and ideas fire me up and that I want to identify with. And, um, one thing that I've come away from is that I don't love to, um, have to like define myself or box myself in or like, you know, align myself politically or socially. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. um, and a lot. And one thing certainly that's hugely important to me is to not define myself by my work and okay. what I do to make a living. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I don't necessarily look down on people that do because it certainly is a huge part of our culture, uh, not ours culture of origin, but the culture that we are in now. Um, but I really work hard not to let my job consume or define me in that I'm more about the person that I am outside of that. It's like more a means to an end. Definitely. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I wouldn't choose work that wasn't fun and fulfilling for me. So I suppose Mm -hmm. in some ways it does, you know, flow into who I am as a person. That's really cool because that's something I definitely, like, have trouble with still is, like, you know, defining myself by my career. Like, I still have this drive to, like, do something that checks a box because to, like, go through the world with a non-traditional, you know, like unexpected career and background and all that. And like, I definitely do still have, like, I think that's still a place I need to work on myself with defining myself through my work. Well, I I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing to do either though. Um, I know you're a much more like ambitious driven person than I am Kelda. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it makes perfect sense for you that, that that's a huge part of your identity and who you are. Like, you know, you have, you have like fought for everything that you have and you've thrown so much invested, like so much of yourself and your energy and your personhood into like providing this really awesome home and childhood for your son. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, it's like, yeah, you know, I, when I, when I think about you, it's like, it's honestly like very inspirational. Um, (laughs) and I, I, I think it makes perfect sense for you to, to tie some of your, your like identity and your, your self sense of self and your worth into what you do. Um, so Mm -hmm. just because that's not my, my approach doesn't mean I don't think it's really cool. Like Sarah, you're a business owner too, right? You're, you Harrison's are all very ambitious (laughs) folk. We're all the entrepreneurial, but I feel like we're entrepreneurial because we like, can't like work for other people because <laughs> <laughs> we're too like independent minded in that way we bring our full personalities to work 
something our that's something Mark Harrison, our dad, taught us. <laughs> you know, yeah, Ev, you know him as a commune legend. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, he was always larger than life. I think with on the com on the community itself, like everyone was like Mark Harrison, that guy. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't just he uh he was always doing like these skits and things. Oh yeah, you you could count on Mark to like liven up a, a Saturday evening that was dragging a little bit. Yeah, and for us that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah. But now I would love it, but like back then it was it was embarrassing. awful. But then we were like we were kids, weren't we? That's the way with kids. Yeah. Um one thing I wanted to I'm trying to formulate this and I keep forgetting as I listen to you. Um something about oh what what you said about not telling people kind of everything about yourself when you meet them mm-hmm. um that's quite i find that quite relatable uh, because i yeah like i really pick and choose what i tell people when i meet them i'm kind of like hi i'm sarah um and then i'll just pick whatever i think like they'll relate to do you know what mm-hmm. i mean I, and sure. it's it's quite different for each person. <laughs> You're a chameleon. Yeah, well, it takes a certain yeah, amount but of I think to like let let those aspects of yourself out too. And also, yeah. you don't always want to be inhabiting and living in that that like piece of your past, right? Sometimes it's very nice to ha- have that not being like a specter in the background of your interactions. Yeah, because like I I would end up telling people, you know, maybe if, that I'm from America or something like this, but then that that doesn't necessarily lead into anything regarding the commune. Um, I'm quite good at like skirting around it quite successfully for <laughs> about the first five years of any relationship. Oh and my then like gosh. maybe I'll wow. be like, uh, yes, I grew up in this place with a lot of other people. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it takes a while. Av, how what do you about- handle that? I'm curious. Um. You know, I think there's, it, it always makes for an, an interesting story if you have to entertain somebody. So mm-hmm. I always have that in my back, back pocket if I want to, if I want to. Um, but over the years, I've uh, started, I guess, addressing it less and less. Um, and n- newer friendships, they probably don't really know too much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I... At my last job, I got that position um, through my connection with a former person. And so, you know, the my coworkers there already were like aware. Um, okay. A little bit of the of my situation. And so like this is a very much a fresh start and blank slate for me here. Um, hmm. Oh, that's yeah, cool. So you can create your own narrative and your own story around it instead of having it like, you know, just be what defines you. Yeah. It's, it's not something I would probably usually bring up much at all, but you know, we do have an, mm-hmm. an odd skill set and mm-hmm. interesting, yep. <laughs> interesting abilities and ways of ways of thinking about the world and, um, you know, that comes from somewhere. So it's good to acknowledge from time to time. 
Yeah, I I think like one of the most positive things about like our childhood and when we left is like having to form a new identity as an adult is not something most people have to do. Um, And it's I can think it can be a real strength because it leaves you as I in a lot of cases, I think in our case, like the three of our case is that it leaves you more of a flexible thinker. So like you're more open to new ideas and being curious about new things and learning and growing consistently throughout your life instead of just like staying, like becoming one adult and staying that way, which I think I, is like a really cool thing. Definitely. I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind that interpretation. I think that's one of our, our biggest strengths as like third culture kids is that mm-hmm. um, we're super adaptable, really in general, really open-minded Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and yeah. able to assimilate new ideas very easily. Yeah, it's so cool. I love it. I love like learning every year. Like I have a bit of a different like identity as the last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and it's like really fun because you get to keep reinventing yourself. <laughs> last year was like soccer mom. This year is like... <laughs> You did too extraordinaire. I kind of am fearful for next year. Uh, it's gonna be like yeah, gonna it's gonna be up? a whole new level. Yeah, it's it's kind of impossible to be. I don't yeah, I don't know what you're gonna come up with, Kez. I probably exhaust you, Saz. <laughs> it's it's multiple multiple personalities. Maybe I just have that. multiple. Like maybe it's an actual thing. Sarah, it's like very like time sequential. Do you not reinvent yourself? What's that? that? Oh, I do. Um, I definitely have. I think very like you were saying about um, like where you see your identity. I with the coffee shop that we've been running for six years, that has, I would say that has become my identity in probably um, in a really positive way, but also uh, it's pretty all consuming. So um, uh, like most people call me Sazzy, which wasn't the case before Sazzy and Fran. Um, But I, I think with, so I, I would say like, that's a chapter and then before that was a chat, you know, so I, I guess it it goes quite along with what I'm doing for work at, at the time, um, how I identify myself um, and like reinvent myself to be like coffee shop owner. Okay. Then, so what's next? Yeah, bef- give me, give me a sneak peek. Uh, sneak a creep. Creep and peep. <laughs> Creep and peep. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, it's, um, well, I am going to start quite a, a new chapter. I, a journey. I need to learn a new journey. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's going to be um, a little bit of, well, I'm, I am moving to Italy, so I'm going to have to learn a new language. Oh, that's um, so exciting. Have you started? Which is quite daunting. Uh, I'm... I, I live with <laughs> I live with Fran, so I do like I feel like I'm I'm getting it by osmosis, but in reality I need to put some effort into it. Um and then going to uni as well. So like 
I feel that is going to be quite a large chunk of my identity because I think it's just going to be a lot of uh, time commitment to that. So that's my next identity, I guess. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. You have that stuff coming down the line. It's going to be so cool. You're going to be like this continental, like, um, intellectual. You're just going to sit there with your espresso and, like, (laughs) talk about psychology. (laughs) In, like, a terrible... My accent is going to be, like... Because when I speak Italian, it's so... It feels really wrong, but you almost have to put on an accent to make the words sound right yeah I, I just I cringe even thinking about how it's gonna be when I get over there and the, like the poor people I speak to it's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah I need to go at it like with the with the uh bravery that I went at when I was first leaving or like maybe the naivety is a better word um mm. Abby, how did you, when you first left, did you feel, was there naivety or was it like, I I know what I'm getting into? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't super, yeah, great question. I wasn't super scared because I had no concept of what the consequences could be if I messed up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) you know, definitely just so naive. Um, And I went, I just went through the first few years with just absolutely no concept of dangers or consequences and um, took, took a little while for reality to filter through for me, definitely. But that made it all that yeah. much less scary and a little easier to pull off. That's kind of how I felt too. I was like, I just went into it with this like crazy arrogance. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like... I've got like crushed down and then came back out. <laughs> now I'm arrogant again. So it all worked out. It's like a cycle of arrogance and yeah, getting yeah, crushed. Yeah. yeah. Pride goeth, as they say, before the fall. We might so have summer. to do our um, words of wisdom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Av, do you have a word of wisdom for us? Oh, wow. Um, I w- should have Please. mentally prepared for this, but I really didn't at all. Um, sure. Yeah. Here's my word of wisdom. Um, if slugs are eating your garden, (laughs) slugs again, yes. Put cheap beer in a cup and the slugs will drink it and drown. Oh, yeah. I can give you some garden wisdom. Wow. I feel like, yeah, that's a lesson for all of us. If you drink the cheap beer, no, (laughs) always drink craft beer because if you drink Cheap beer, you will drown. <laughs> um, and okay. by the way, you both are very, very welcome to come up and visit me. And there's amazing beer in Vermont. Yes. Um, oh, my goodness. I love that. Yeah, I am so excited. A really good brewery just down the road. I'd love to show you around, Kel. Yeah, I'm going to come and snowboard in the winter. It's going to be well, a that's, grand that's old time. so far, but we are right at the base of um, a ski area, so... Yeah, stay tuned for another broken wrist. <laughs> oh boy. No, knock on wood. wood. Yeah. Touch wood. Do you say knock, knock on, on wood? In America, it sounds on wood. kind of dirty. It does, yeah. Touch wood. Disgusting. Touch wood. 
No, I would, I would definitely, if I came there, Abby, I would be all about the, the mooses. Is that the right word for the moose amount of moose? I believe moose. it's just moose. More moose, than one yeah. moose? Is it just moose? More it's than moose. Ah, it is, isn't it? Okay. It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I haven't seen one. And they're very, very moose. rare. So I'm, I'm going to just stand too. by the like moose crossing <laughs> and wait till they come along. Kez, what's your word of, ah, we call it a Kez says. <laughs> a Kez Go says. Uh, okay. Um, embrace change because change can be a very positive thing as long as you go into it with the right toxic positivity. So (laughs) (laughs) also embrace funny negative people because they make life more sweet. Yeah. So like both. Yeah. Both a balance. A balance for sure. Find someone who balances you, honestly, because like I'd be a nightmare without um, Simon and Saz and Abby in my life. I'd become like some toxic positive freak, I think. So you got to find those people that balance you out. (laughs) I like it. That's very good. But I know, but we do make fun of you, Kez, but we do love the positivity. It keeps, well, it keeps me afloat sometimes. I'm like channeling. Sink or swim, sink or swim. <laughs> like I have to be positive in this situation. Um, uh, you don't. My, my very quick, uh, sa- oh my word, word of wisdom, I'll call it. Saz says. Saz says, yeah. Is uh there's like always times in life where you kind of just have to survive, but there's at some point you can get back to living life. So like concentrating on how you want to, um, like what your identity is or, um, how, you know, if you would like to do more, uh, of a certain hobby, but like mm-hmm. then the survival, like survival is part of it. So like if you move to another country or state, that can be, that can be a big chunk of time. But then there is at some point, there is going to be that moment where you go, oh, I think I'm feeling relaxed here and now I can start to enjoy a bit more. So I, I just, um, I'm like, I'm always remembering that when like something is a little bit tricky like a tricky period so that's my (laughs) i love that av is a good example of that in her garden (laughs) and i was thinking you've been there a year of yeah it's it's really exciting to hear about your move and how um positive it is as well yeah it's been huge one thing um nick and i were saying my husband recently was that when we lived in new york we would we would struggle to get out of the city. It would be, you know, you're five hours of traffic, whatever. And we would have to um, push ourselves up some strenuous mountain uh, and do some kind of crazy extreme camping or whatever, just so you feel like we were getting the most out of that experience. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really, you know, struggling to a mountaintop that we were in no condition to tackle or whatever the case might be. And we were doing that um, as often as we could. But now that we're living out in it, we can do these, you know, relaxed two or three mile 
nature walks don't even need to have mm. a view. Um, and I can do this whenever I want to just any evening instead of having to um, really like drive myself up a mountain. Yeah. It, it's such awesome. a, it's such a difference that because it's all dream. around me. I will never take it for granted, but I won't have to um, make it unpleasant for myself to feel like I'm maximizing um, <laughs> my brief time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's so the most good. striking difference here. Yeah, you're really like relaxing into it. Mm -hmm. That's so exactly. cool. Oh my word! Yes, I'm looking forward to. I can I can feel that coming my way. That kind of relaxation and a bit more nature you're as well. Be enjoying some um, wine in the olive orchard before too long. Yes, exactly. Well, so thanks, Av, for coming on. That was so awesome. Yeah, thank you guys and for having me. Very we'll fun. have to do another app with the. Stay tuned for the Prisoners episode <laughs> coming up next. In a couple months, we'll do a Prisoners episode because <laughs> that is a really interesting thing to explore too. So little, little, uh, what do you call that? Spoiler? A tease? Oh. A spoiler? Yeah. Little tease I like there. It. I like it. Yep. I like that. But thank you so much. It was so awesome having you. This was fantastic. Amazing. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to Skin and Blister. If you have questions or comments, please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com.